if Damar Hamlin happened to my child, who would be responding to that? And, and if the answer is, I don't know, then the next question should be, how do we, get, how do we go about getting an athletic trainer to protect my child? Welcome to another episode of the Columbia University Sports Management Podcast. This is Scott Rosner from Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, joined now by Kathy Derringer, who is the president of the National Association of Athletic Trainers, uh, who are doing amazing work. Obviously, if you've ever played sports at any level, uh, you know the value of having a good trainer on staff. Uh, so Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, pleasure being here. So tell us a little bit about, first about you and your background and, and how you got to where you are, and then tell us about the association. Um, sure, thanks. I, I'm an athletic trainer, long time, been in this for about 40 years. Um, started at the collegiate level, worked in a little Division One, Division Two college, um, and then I tr transitioned into an outpatient rehabilitation clinic and worked side by side with physical therapists and occupational therapists to help um, patients, not just athletes, but some athletes, uh, return to their level of activity. Um, after a few years of that, I opened my own practice and was a business owner for 15 years. That's an interesting um, slog, as yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, it's been, it was a tremendous opportunity. It was a tremendous experience. Um, have always been involved in service. I volunteered in my, in my association, both at the local and the national level. And I was very humbled and honored to be elected president of the National Athletic Trainers Association about two and a half years ago. Hmm. So tell us about your membership and and where they're from, how many strong are you? Um, and then kind of I'd like to hear about some of the challenges that the, that the industry is facing too. Sure, we have about 40,000 members um, from across the country and around the world. Um, we represent athletic trainers in all different types of settings. So we're most commonly known in sport, in professional sports, college sports, high school, but we also work in rehabilitation clinics uh, with the military, um, in industrial settings, public safety, working with police and firefighters, um, and also in hospitals, physician offices. And so we basically go where a patient might need our skill set. Mm. Um, the association has been, um, has been here since about 1950. Um, and we represent those members um, working to advocate for them on their behalf, make their professional lives better, as well as making sure that we're maintaining a level of expertise. So professional development, we know that healthcare and medicine changes quickly. So staying up to date on best practices and research and that type of thing. Right, the state of the art. Sure, exactly. So when we think about athletic trainers and if we've, we've played, uh, for those of our listeners who have played the sport at, a sport at, at really any level from sort of high school and, and above is when you really start to see athletic trainers uh, you know, on the sidelines and, and uh, uh, have a real presence on a day-to-day -day basis. But that's not really the case everywhere, is it? It's not, and, and sadly... That is not the case. Um, about one-third of the high schools across the country have a full-time athletic trainer. About one-third have a part-time, and one-third do not have access to an athletic trainer at all. Hmm. So when we take the DeMar Hamlin incident and we imagine that happening at one of those schools that doesn't have an athletic trainer, it's a little scary that who is 
who is taking care of that athlete who's collapsed and do they know what to do? Do they have access to an AED? And if they do, do they know how to use it? Do they know CPR? Mm -hmm. So all of those questions start to present themselves in, in that who's protecting those student athletes if an athletic trainer is not employed by that school. Yeah, and I'd imagine that, and you'll please correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of that divide in the one-third that have trainers, the one-third that have a part-time, and one-third that have none, how closely does that follow the overall wealth uh, of the school uh, and the district that is sending? Is it connected? Well, oddly, it, sometimes it does, and oftentimes it's it's not. Interesting. Um, there, there are a lot of private schools, which you would assume, wealth, who don't employ athletic trainers. So... Um, it's, it's very different and also depending on where you are in the country. Um, I, I happen to live in Texas and Texas has um, a lot of athletic trainers. A lot of schools are, are, are employing athletic trainers. Different parts of the country, not, maybe not so much. So um, it really is a matter of whether that area, that school district, that, um, that state association, athletic association, mm -hmm really prioritizes um, our, our need to be on that sideline and promotes that. So I, I would imagine also, so I, in full disclosure, my wife is on our local school board, which encompasses the, the elementary school and the middle school, so not the high school. But I'd imagine that a lot of this has to do with uh, what the insurance requirements on the school district are and what their carriers place on them, because this is a huge potential source of liability for the school districts, is it not? Yeah, I would, I would think so, because if you know that an athletic trainer could help you, could help prevent and recognize and treat an injury, um, it would prevent you from a little bit of liability. So I'm, I'm often curious why school districts make the decision not to employ one. Usually the answer is we can't afford to. Our response is you can't afford not to. Right. Right. And, and so when you think about it, like the and the day to day run of the mill, you know, sprained ankles, which I remember, you know, going into the, the trainers for in, in, in high school and, you know, the pre, you know, kind of the, the prophylactic taping um, that would occur and all those things like those are all fine and good. Right. But it's really the major incidents that I would imagine that the good trainer is really worth his or her weight in gold. Yeah, that. Taping and hydration and all, it's such a small part of what we do. Um, emergency action plans, which is what we saw in DeMar Hamlin case. Um, not only developing it, but rehearsing it and then executing it to the precision that they executed it, that should be done at every level. And, and athletic trainers who, who are employed are preparing that level of detail and that level of precision. But if you're not there, who's doing that? No, that's a fair point. I mean, and that was, we've talked about this in different contexts, but you talk about having a script followed to perfection in that case and saving the young man's life, right? Um, and avoiding what obviously would have been just a tragic occurrence and, and, and at some level, obviously, the far less important have a business impact on the National Football League and the image and all the things that go along with it. Right? So from a funding perspective, right, is other than the conversation with the local school boards that, hey, how can you afford not to, that happens at a more national level, 
what else can be done? I mean, what are the, you know, and, and even if it's making sure that in lieu of a, a trainer, which there really isn't really a substitute for having a good trainer, um, but how do you make sure that there's, you know, the AED, CPR training, concussion awareness. I've had to, as coaching youth sports, we've had to go through, um, you know, concussion training through Rutgers University, right? Yeah. Um, how do you make sure that those things are happening? How do you advocate for that? It, it's really about engaging with the parents. Hmm. Um, if, if, if you're a parent and your child is participating in sports at the middle school or high school level, ask the question, who's taking care of my child if they get hurt? If Damar Hamlin happened to my child, who would be responding to that? And, and if the answer is, I don't know, then the next question should be, how do we, get, how do we go about getting an athletic trainer mm -hmm. to protect my child? Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of our efforts is advocating to parents and uh, communities and school administrators to this is how, this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is how you can hire one. Yeah. So I guess that's the, the, the question. And, and have you seen success in your advocacy efforts? Well, we, we have an, a website. Um, I believe our, our website now has been up for five or six years. It's called At Your Own Risk. And it provides a lot of those details for parents. And the, the engagement on that website has been tremendous. So, so that's, that's I, a I place where our, our people, our listeners can go to find yes, out more. AtYourOwnRisk.org. Okay, so for the school superintendents out there, uh, for sure, for athletic trainers uh, who are just interested in learning even more than they've already learned, if they're not a member uh, of your organization, they certainly should sure. be. Right? Absolutely. Um, I know I spend quality time, and I'll give a shout out to my own, uh, you know, <laughs> PT uh, George Samala, who's doing. I spend more time with him than I think I do with my family uh, <laughs> at times. More time rehabbing than I do as a weekend warrior than I do sure. actually, you know, running and and competing and, and doing different things. Um, but no, I, I think that um, I love the work that you're doing. I think it's incredibly interesting. You know, we were joking around about it before. Uh, a lot of people, you know, who aren't really paying close attention think that our program as a sports management program is actually a sports medicine program, to which I laugh and I say, no, 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 I was pre-med for a year, but that does not qualify me to do absolutely anything, right, with yeah. respect to uh, athletic training. Um, let alone doing it at the level that, that you're doing it as the president of the organization. So, uh, so Kathy, continue best of luck. Thank you so much for joining us on the Columbia University Sports Management Podcast. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, please do stay in touch and let us know if we can be, have help, any help going forward. Appreciate it. All right. So this has been Kathy Derringer, the president of the National Association of Athletic Trainers um, at the Radio Row Columbia University Sports Management Podcast. This has been Scott Rosner. See you next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.